<laughs> Good morning, and a uh, little Steven Tyler and Aerosmith with Crying off their big ones, the greatest hits out CD, and have you noticed, as you have noticed, I pick certain songs or certain ways to lead into what I'm going to talk about, and I have found that when I'm approached by players or I I'm looking at social media. I hear a lot of people crying all the time. I can't win. I make bad singles. Oh, I had a bad beat. And and it's the same people over and over and over again. And there are reasons why maybe you out there can't win at the races. And... I want to go through, I put together a top 10 reason why. And I wanted to go over them with you to give you a sense of how you may be failing yourself when playing the races. I'm a big believer, number one, in in self-confidence. I'm an eternal optimist. Um, you very rarely hear me being very negative towards a lot of things. I believe things can be right. Now, this doesn't mean that I can say I don't like a horse and that's being negative. That's just stating a handicapping opinion. Also, a lot of people in this game, um, some of the better handicappers are part of my generation. And my generation grew up with the Steve Davidowitz, Andrew Byers, Bill Quirin, James Quinn, Tom Brohammer, all those all those guys, and I and if I'm missing Barry Meadow, um, which I'm going to try to get on the show soon, all these people were in the '70s and '80s built the foundation of handicapping. Tom Einzel before that, and. What the foundation of handicapping, I believe, is lost nowadays. Handicappers, I don't believe, look at conditions of a race. They don't understand them. They rely on a lot of different things. So that maybe has turned them into lazy handicappers. So I put together this list. So we're going to go through this and talk about it. And also... During this time, I'll also be recommending you to read books. To read books on handicapping, whether and 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 I'll explain what I mean. I think that uh, we'll start from ten and work all the way down to one. The tenth re the 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 first reason why you can't win at the races. It's a very simple one. You're playing too many races. I used to hang out with some friends of mine and in California in the 90s. We'd go to the VIP room at Hollywood Park and we'd play the races. And a buddy of mine, who I finally got to catch up on uh, in the last couple of days, if I, he used to love, what do you love today? What do you love today? And I have three races that I liked. Well, he would play the same amount of money 
in one of those races that I liked that he would have played at a Golden Gate fifth race for 62-5 claimers. So, to me, that was a race that I wouldn't even touch. I wouldn't even care. But, that is one of the major issues. If you're playing $500 in a race that you really like, and then jumping over to Gulfstream and playing a 62-5 claiming race, or a 12-5 maiden claimer, and you're putting the same amount of money in, that's one reason why you can't win at the races. I think that speaks for itself. What I'm working on with Racing with Bruno is working on a product that just outlines the best races for the day. The only problem with that is that players don't really want to see that. They want to be able to get the whole card and and do and go from there. So I don't know if there is a desire not to play too many races. You have to be the judge of that. I look forward to hearing from you. You say, Bruno, you're right. I play too many races. Oh, the more the merrier. You know, so that's the number 10. You play too many races. Number nine, poor decision-making. And when I mean by poor decision-making, I mean it across the board. From how you structure your tickets to how you come up to your, to your play, you have poor decision-making. That's like telling you your job sucks. Well, what are you going to look? You're going to look at me and go, well, what do you want me to do? I mean, go look for another job? What you have to do is you have to look at your situation mentally and either accept it, embrace it, and go with it. Or, as in handicapping, have to think to yourself, I made this decision 10 times in the last week, and I've been wrong every single time. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I see that in handicapping from players. They make the same mistake over and over and over again. They never learn. So when I talk about poor decision making, that's something that you need to take up within yourself and say, I'm not going to make this mistake this time. And I'm not going to fall to, well, what if? And I'll give you a great example. This past weekend, on Saturday, the 27th of, uh, the 26th, uh, 25th of May, it was, uh, this Memorial Day weekend, I had a fantastic Saturday card at Churchill. We did really well. I cost myself 53000 But 
I don't believe I used poor decision making because I came down to the last race and I loved two horses. There was a third and a fourth horse that I could have used, but the one of those was the 11 horse, Demin Domain, from the Asmussen barn. I had a decent work on the horse, but when Steve Asmussen stretches out first time out with these high expensive tappets, he doesn't do well. So what do I do? I went with my gut feeling and opinion on that race. Which I'm going to tell you, my gut feeling and opinion is very good. I do very well with that. I follow my gut feeling, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I used my own analytical sense. He's stretching the horse out because either one, he has no speed, or uh, to sprint. Um, and he's just not, he just doesn't think the horse is that great. He's given that horse a best chance to try to win, even though that's not one of his best moves. Well, guess what? The horse wins. And it pays, the, the dollar pick five paid 53000 I was dejected about it, but I made the right decision based on my ability. So, can I beat myself up over it? No. But if I would have thrown the 11 in and thrown out another horse that ended up winning the race, that would have been poor decision making. And that's one thing that a lot of people fall into. They'll throw a horse out at the last minute that they know has a shot to use some horse that they don't even like. So for you to, to be a better horse player, you need to know what poor decisions you have made and fix them. And don't use them. As far as the gut feeling and intuition, in 2008 I read a book named Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. I highly recommend it for players who have a hard time following their gut feeling. And without getting all into the book, I can tell you that our brain works faster than our analytical sense. And when my gut feeling on a horse keeps gnawing at me, I go with it. I just go with it. I don't try to look at figures, I don't try to look at this or look at that, because my brain has already told me that's what you need to look at. And a lot of people ignore that. One of my favorite guys, a guy named Lloyd, would walk towards me and he'd say, and he's shaking his head no, I really love a horse today, he would say. With his head going sideways like he's saying, I got no shot. He was predisposed mentally that he knew that if he liked the horse, he had no chance. But he was sticking with it. Because maybe one in 50 times he was going to win. See, I told you. Well, great. You got a 5% win percentage. You know, or less. So, understand your decision making. 
your good ones and your bad ones and stop making the bad ones. Simple, right? Number eight, falls in hand with poor decision making. Preconceived notions. My greatest example was Gulfstream Park, the rail. Most of the championship meet this winter, the rail was winning at over 25%, between 20 to 25%. And I'm watching television and I'm watching, you know, these talking heads and they're talking about the horse on the rail, but he drew the rail. They completely were either oblivious to the 20% inside top percentage um, sprinting post. Or they were falling back to preconceived notions. So players will do that. Well, Gulfstream's all speed. Well, not really. Horses come off the pace at Gulfstream. Sprinting, routing. You have to under you can't just blanket statement and oh well speed is good. Also, in preconceived notions. Oh, this guy can't win first time out. I remember about 1996, 97, I was on the Roger Stein show. And there was a first time starter that Jerry Dutton had named Card Connection. And I think Jerry was 0 for 32 with first time starters. And I was clocking. But what Jerry was doing, he was working the horse behind horses, in front of horses, between horses. He's, and he was working three quarters uh, of a mile. Jerry never worked his first time starters three quarters of a mile. They all went five eighths. All of a sudden now you got a different situation going there. He liked the horse. I remember I picked him on the Stein show. That day at the races, I think I had at least 10, 15 people come up to me and go, that horse got no shot. Why? Because they doesn't win first time out. Well, not only did the horse win, but he ended up being a stakes horse. So understanding and not falling to the preconceived notion that a trainer can't do something. All trainers can fire with a first time starter. They just have to have the right horse in the right situation. Another one was George Arnold. At Churchill, our first year we were there full time. Horse was training great. And he was coming from two year old in training sales. He had been bought during the summer or during the spring at a two year old in training sale. Now he was debuting uh, around um, uh, sprinting for George Arnold, who had a horrible record with first time starters. With George Arnold, Rusty Arnold, he gets all these homebreds. From the Humphreys, um, that and homebreds are a little bit different than two-year-old in training sales. Well, the horse won first time out, paid twenty dollars. Again, I heard it all. He can't win first time out. He beat Arch Arch Arch, who went on to win the I think the Arkansas Derby. But if you look at your own preconceived notions. And you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. 
you need to work on those and and either change them or stop paying attention to them. My favorite one is, oh, I can't stand that guy. I can't bet on him. Well, just because you can't stand a guy doesn't mean you can't make money on him. That is the most stupidest high schoolish behavior I've ever heard from a horse player. So preconceived notions are going to kill you. And number seven plays right into the preconceived notion. That's emotional handicapping. Having the prejudice and the sentimental... 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 (laughs) Never mind. Um, Sentimentality. There we go. The prejudice against the horse. Oh, I bet he must. I'm out. He had a perfect trip. Well, maybe you thought he had a perfect trip. And how many times have you done that and you gotten beat? How many times have you said, oh, you know, I can't like maximum security. He ran for 16 first time out. That's prejudice. Draw a line through that. Sentimentality. Um, I, I hear a lot of people handicapping with sentimentally. And that doesn't pick your winners. Emotional handicapping can lead you to lose opportunities. I don't hold anything against any horse because I might bet on them next time in the right spot. Where I hear people say, and this is what keeps you from winning, I liked him last time out, you know, and, and you know, I, he, I got beat and I can't play him again. Handicapping is all about today. What's going to happen today? Not tomorrow, not last week, today. Emotionally, you need to be more like a Vulcan from the Star Trek series, logical to the point to where you're actually not involving your emotions. Number six. And this one's a little tricky, and it falls hand in hand to what I talked about, your gut feeling. Your lack of intuitive handicapping experience can hurt you when you're playing individual tracks. You cannot handicap the same over and over and over again. I hear it all the time, again, to the talking heads. Three things they say. Who's going to get the lead? The trainer's hot, and the rail is good. Or bad. That's not how you handicap. You handicap the horse. And how does he fit in the race? How's the conditions? That's you being completely predicated on who's going to get the lead. And whether the rail is good or bad. So your intuitive experience at an individual track. Let's say Churchill. Your intuitive experience is for what you have experienced, have done there before. I've had some of my best hits there. My clocking is the key to Churchill Downs. Horses that train well, run well. Now, fairgrounds to me was different. Fairgrounds was all about trip. 
So with fairgrounds, I've got to switch hats. It's all about trips, post positions, and 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 the, really the training over the track is different. With Oakland, it's the same thing. They can train really well, but it's all about the trip they're going to get and how the track plays. Each track has an individual stamp to it. And you got to understand it. Belmont. Belmont is one of the toughest tracks to handicap. We handicap that in a different way. Keeneland. Keeneland is about trips, especially on the turf, and about how they're training and where they're coming from. So, if you don't have the intuitive experience to handle an individual track, and this is why when I send out our blogs and our, and our newsletters, I always include post-position studies because those are a window to what's happening on the track. If you've got one through eight post-position sprinting and they're all between 12 and 15%, that means it tells you that that track's pretty, pretty fair. But if you have like a Gulfstream Park championship meet where the inside two posts were winning 30, 40% of the races and the outside was not, was winning like five, you'd be a fool to be playing horses from the outside post. Yes, you're going to get beat once in a while. But you're playing what that track is giving you. So understanding and using your handicapping experience at an individual track is paramount. Number five, failure to look at the individual horse. Lumping all horses into one group and saying, well, I have this angle that you hear that all the time. You hear that all the time, especially on TVG. Oh, my angle with these horses is this or the speed and fade or this. Look at the individual horse. What if the speed and fade, that horse shows speed and fade at every single time? It's not an angle. It's, It's a chronic issue with the horse. Understanding the horse is the most important thing when you're looking at, at the races. A lot of people fail that. What kind of horse are you talking about? So whether it's a claimer, it's an allowance, or a stakes, you can't look at claimers like you do allowance horses. You can't look, look at allowance horses like maidens. Maidens are a different breed. They come from another planet. So looking at a horse, people fail at it, and that's why they lose. Number four is a very hot topic. It's the takeout. Uh, no rebates. Um, the higher rebates go to the people with that play the most money. Um, and that filters down to prices. Takeout is another reason why a lot of people may not be able to win. It is not. If you're a good handicapper and you pick winners, takeout should not affect you as much. Also, if you're not betting thousands of dollars at a time, it shouldn't affect you. Now, the top three reasons are very important. The number three, lack of confidence. 
paranoia, self uh, lack of self-discipline kill horse players. As I mentioned earlier, if you keep making the wrong decision on 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 horses, you need to reevaluate those decisions. But also that hits your confidence. I'll tell you one thing. I've had race I've had days where I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for the first 5 races. And most players, you know what they do? They change up. Or they quit. They walk out. It's I call it the Tom Brady effect. You think Tom Brady gives up a halftime if he's down? No, that's what's made Tom Brady Tom Brady. So, and a lot of players use paranoia or even lack of self-discipline because they can't get themselves out of it. Just do what you do. If you have any confidence in yourself and you have, you know, I, I, I'll never forget it was back in the, it had to be 2000. I was sitting at Santa Anita up in the press box during a Hollywood Park, um, Hollywood Park um, meet. And I was down to my last 20 bucks. And I wasn't going to go down to the ATM again. And at that time, you can only take 200 out of the ATM at a time. And you had like, a, you know, your bank would, you can only take like, $400 out of your bank on a daily basis. And at my last $20, I made a $20 win bet on a Joe Bravo horse for Bob S. Jr. One easy. I turned that, I think it went off at 7 to 2. I made $90 and I turned that $90 into 1500 And I went to the Bon Jovi concert that night. Um, bought tickets with a scalper. And went to the Bon Jovi concert at the at the um, where was it the, uh, the 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 place right next to Hollywood Park. So you know when when you do something like that, that gives you incredible confidence that you can do that, that you can come back in the second half, that you can pull a rabbit out of the hat. So, lack of confidence, you need to work on that. Look, if, but if you're no good at what you do, that ain't going to help you. You've got to be good at what you do. And you've got to have confidence that you can do it. And that brings it to number two. Are you any good at it? Do you have the proper skills to be a good handicapper? If you don't, what the hell are you doing? You're just a degenerate, like D. Wayne Lucas said. I don't bet sports. I don't bet anything other than horse racing. I also dabble in the bloodstock. That's a gamble. Gambling and lack of handicapping skills to gamble is your killer. We have pulled rabbits out of the hat multi times. We many times we've hit 10, 15, 20, 25,000 dollar tickets. Why? Because we just don't have we have the confidence that we can do it. 
And we have the skill. We have the information, which leads right to the number one reason why most people can't win at the races. They don't have the necessary information to make good decisions. And if they did, they still wouldn't know how to use it. Encompassing everything that we just did. They play too many races. They have bad decision making. Preconceived notions. Emotional handicapping. Blaming jockeys, riders. Lack of intuitive experience. So if I ride a workout and I tell you how much I like the horse, I put them on top, we've got a bread bolding on it, and you still don't pull the trigger, that's on you. That's on you. Because you can't make the right decision. Even with the necessary information. Then there's the guy or the gal that uses all the information, uses it correctly, and he wins. Why? Because he has the discipline, the understanding, the intuitiveness, the lack of preconceived notions, the good decision-making, doesn't play too many races, he doesn't lack confidence, he has self-discipline, and that gives you gambling luck. You all have to have luck, but you got to put you in a position to be lucky. It just doesn't fall in your lap. But the lack of necessary information to make good decisions is what most people don't have to be winning horse players. I see people bitch all the time on social media. I can never close out a pick four. I can never do this. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, we love that horse. We had that horse on our ticket. We may not have had the other winner on, on those tickets, but we had that. You, too many people are lazy handicappers. They just look at the numbers or the statistics and forget about all the rest. As a handicapper, surround yourself with good information from reliable people, not some doofus on, on Twitter that says he wins all the time. No, those people don't win all the time. Nobody wins all the time. But surround yourself with people that you know are really working in the industry and doing the background work that is needed for good, sound, exclusive information. You cannot win with mainstream media information. And and in the words of Andrew Beyer, and I'm paraphrasing, to be a winning horse player, you have to use information that is not found in the pages of your past performances. He said daily racing for him at the time before he ever started went to work for him. But to be a winning horse player, you had to win, you had to use information that is not in the pages of your past performances. That is absolutely darn right true. So those are my ten reasons why people can't win at the races. And also we spin it as those are the reasons on the positive side why people can't win if they can tackle those issues. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Racingwithbruno.com, brunowiththeworks.com, that's our subscriber site. And we, I, I work hard every day to get you exclusive info that you can bet the races with. And you can make money. Take it as use it as a business. 
build up your confidence. All of you can do it. You just have to go into it with the necessary information, the confidence, and, and throw away the paranoia and lack of self-discipline. Become a better, better handicapper by being a smarter handicapper. Have a great day.